sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here where we put the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, you know what's interesting for me? When I look at the National League, all right, um, the NL East, who knows, right? We can't make heads or tails of it. The team that's winning the NL East right now has played four games. The team that's in the basement has played four games. We have no idea how that's going to look. In the NL Central, we talked about this yesterday. Kev, the Cubs are kind of running away and hiding. All these other teams are, you know, kind of around 500. And so when I think on balance with, uh, you know, seven or eight teams making the playoffs, right, and all these second place teams and wild card teams, when obviously the Cardinals and you could you could put that up as well, guys, you know, the Cardinals now are going to be kind of in this limbo for a while. It makes me think I can't make sense of the standings in the NL East. I can't make sense of the standings in the NL Central. You know what I mean, Kev? But in the NL West. We now have three teams that look good, that are above 500. You know how I like to talk about the fathers. The Dodgers are still there. And then you, at every point in time, tell me, Dane, don't be silly. Don't forget about the Colorado Rockies, right? And they once again get a victory against San Francisco. They get it to five to two. You know, Herman Marquez pitching well again. They stand at eight and two, Kev. The Colorado mm-hmm. Rockies are ahead of the Padres, ahead of the Dodgers. Is this sustainable? Because, Kev, we are now, sounds so silly to say, we're a sixth of the way through the season. That's a good point. We, we certainly are. I mean, look, this, this division is quite captivating, right? Uh, you take a look here at the fact that the Padres are a very exciting team. Uh, and look, they've played some good baseball thus far. You take a look at the Dodgers, of course, and they're going to be a powerhouse all year long. But you look at this Rockies team. There is a lot to like, and what stands out uh, about this Rockies team is that right now, because you know the offense will be there, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, right? You know the offense will be there. So their pitching has looked really good. That's the question with this team always, Right. You know, you know, remember when Ubaldo Jimenez won the summer? Right, right, right. right. You know, is those, are, will they ever be able to find that again? Thus far, this Marquez looks good. Really, like this team's looked really good, and we know that there's going to have to be two teams from the West sent. But as we look through the Central and the East, where we thought that right. they almost assuredly would be occupying those two, maybe not. Okay, right? Maybe not. So I think you have to give. The, the West as a whole, uh, the, the juice is there. The, this division looks good. D-backs right now, worst run differential uh, in baseball. A very poor start for them. But the Giants have been, look, the Giants, been, the Giants have scored more runs than the Rockies. Now they've played uh, two more games in them. But still, it's just the Giants offensively right. have been good. It's been a fun start to the NL West season. Yeah, and, and, and that's the point that I would make as well, right? Remember, going into the season, a lot of people thought, hey, the NL East was going to be a gauntlet. You know, those four contenders were going to have to, you know, 
kind of make it work against each other. Well, the Phillies have, you know, come down with COVID and they're going to be, I think it's going to be real hard for any of these teams, Kev, that, you know, have a pause, whether you're the Cardinals, the Marlins, the Phillies or anything. It's just so weird, you know, to get up, get starting and then have to kind of ramp up again. We know the Braves, listen, the Braves lost the ace of their staff. Okay. And that's going to be tough to come up with. The Mets offense has not looked the way we thought. And then you got the, you know, you got the Nationals still there as well. So that division has not performed the way we thought as we once again welcome our radio audience back to the fray here on the grid, giving you the edge. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh right here on the early line with the Central. The Cubs have held up to their end of the bargain, but now the St. Louis Cardinals are kind of in that, you know, space and it's it's big names for the Cardinals. OK, and let's talk about that for a second. You know, Paul DeJong, Yadier Molina, more than with the Marlins, Kev. This has been brand names that are now down. The Cardinals had designs on competing. You know, this upsetting of the apple cart, it, I, does this now kind of like eviscerate the Cardinals' chances in your mind, even if they do get back to activities in the next, you know, next week? That's the thing. It's, uh, well, I don't know when they're going to play again. I don't know how long it is before. Let's say it's Monday. Then. Let's say it's Monday, Kev. That's still like a week off, and they're starting to stop. What's the actual impact on their performance? Well, that look, but that's what I'm saying, right? Is like, and then how long is Yachty meant to be gone for, right? Right. Because this is still the thing with this disease asymptomatic, symptomatic, lingering issue. Like, there's right. just, there is far too much unknown for me to be able to, like, truly answer that question i think it's a great question you ask but i think sure, but sure. i think you even you know going into the question right there's really no answer that that can be provided because there's just there's there's way too much to be unknown in that regard and look the cardinals started out with a little two and zero run and then they lost three in a row and now they've just played five games right i mean the, the cubs are nine and two like the cubs look fantastic they've won five right. In a row, right? So, and now there's more there's, pressure, though, Kev, right? Because, like, whenever the Cardinals do come back, right, yeah. they're chasing the Cubs. If they were just playing the whole time, right, that's one thing. But now they're like, oh, man, we're behind the eight ball. We got to catch up. There's a team that's hot in our division. I think it puts even more pressure on a team like the on the Cardinals or a team like the Phillies or any of these teams that get back at it oh. and see that they're staring at a gap. I, I think the other day the, the, the stat I saw was something like the Phillies had to play 56 games in 54 days. Hey, right. that's more games than there are days. That doesn't work, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then if the same becomes true with the car, like, what are we doing, right? And we still don't have the answers to that, by the way. Rob Manfred yep. is hoping that they don't have to answer those questions. That's not realistic. So there's just, there's so much unknown with some of these teams. And I think what we have to do, Dane, is, you know, pick apart the teams that sit there first right now that are playing games on a daily basis. No, I agree. And that's why we go back to the NL West. We'll talk Dodgers and fathers when we come back, giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. Come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on Sports Grid. And, Kev, you know, 
in the National League, with the Cardinals having their positive test and now being on pause as we talk about brand names, right? Paul DeJong, uh, Yadier Molina. This is a little bit different than the Marlins because, in my opinion, more of a contender, more of a brand name. We'll see what the tact is with Major League Baseball. In the NL East, you got the Marlins, you got the Phillies, and the standings there are all messed up. So then when I look at the NL West, we talked about the Rockies doing their thing. The Dodgers are right there, of course. And then this young team that I think everyone can get behind, if for nothing else, because their uniforms are amazing, is the San Diego <laughs> Padres, right? And the Padres are small dogs today at home against these Dodgers, okay? Ross Stripling on the hill for the Dodgers. Garrett Richards on the hill for the Padres. Yesterday, the Dodgers got a 5-2 win. A.J. Pollock going yard, which now puts these two teams, correct me if I'm wrong, but with identical records of 7-4, and four, or no, 7-5, and 8-4. They're right there, mm -hmm. right there behind the Rockets. I got to think all three of these teams are going to qualify now for the NL playoffs because they keep coming along where, you know, we've got a lot of kind of ripple effects and variants going on in the schedule. Just more for the teams in the Central and East now to deal with these Rockies, these Padres, these Dodgers. For now, until there's an outbreak out West, which there might be, these guys are just humming along, taking care of their business. How do you see this Dodgers-Padres game today? Well, here's the thing, okay, and I and I hate to say this, I don't want to break your heart here, right? What's up? But I think we, we we maybe are a little clouded by our excitement about this Padres team, right? Why? I what are you talking you about? Because I think earlier you were like, no team's been more impressed than the Padres. They lost three of their last four games. I don't like, care. <laughs> I, I don't, don't care. Don't. I, know, I know you don't. But you'd be losing money if you guys just keep betting the Padres. Like they're seven the and five. Is, That's not true. They're seven and five. I was on them at the beginning. Okay, but they've lost three of their last four games. I'm just saying, like, all right, all looking, right, all right, yes, all right. if, if you, depending on juice, I don't know how that how that hey. worked out for you. <laughs> but all I'm all I'm all I'm saying is, this is a team that has lost three of their last four, and this you know series with the Rockies and the Dodgers. These are the difference makers, right? True. These are That's the true. type of series that that will matter a lot here. Pitching matchup today is pretty interesting uh, with Ross Stripling and Garrett Richards. I'm going to do the same thing that I did in the first two games of this series. Okay, The first game, we had Bueller um, going up against Paddock. We tried to play an over. We got it. Yesterday, we went back to the well with Lamette and Dustin May. Okay, We fall a run shy. The total remains incredibly low. Again, these are two fine pitchers in Stripling and Richards, but I still think over eight with these two lineups is the way that I'm going to look to play this series. All right, fair enough. That makes sense to me. I just believe that out West, we have three teams that I think ultimately will qualify for the expanded playoffs. Do not throw any kind of cold water on my love for the fathers, all right? I'm going to tell you that right now. We got a nice little chemistry going on, but do not upset my happy home when it comes to the Padres. I want to ask you, though, Kevin, about these teams in the AL West, okay? Because there are two mm. teams, in my opinion, in the AL West that just keep coming along, and they are the Houston Astros and the Oakland Athletics. I want to ask you about both of these teams in this segment, Kev. Oakland A's, they got a W5-1 yesterday over Texas. My man, Jesus Lazardo with his first start going five innings, looking decent. Uh, Stephen Piscotti with a walk-off grand slam for the A's. And then Houston piled on as well. They beat um, Arizona 8-2, Altuve and Correa going yard. What we have here now is 
as most people probably expected, right? The A's and the Astros are above 500 there in the West. Are these two teams just going to run away and hide and be the two natural playoff contenders for the West? How do you like these two games going on? They repeat against their opponents from yesterday. Both of them looking good with the offenses at play, especially the A's clutch when they needed it in the ninth inning. Yeah, the, the fact that the A's have two walk-off Grand Slams already right. this year is beyond weird. And I will say that Grand Slam actually, um, <laughs> it made me laugh quite a bit. The live total in that game, I think around the seventh inning, was three. Okay, that's how good the two uh, pitchers looked in that game. But in what it just go and now it ended up with six run score. But in one swing, you can get over a live total of three. It just it just it just <laughs> kind of cracked me up a bit here to see that. What's interesting with the A's specifically is I feel like a lot of times people have been trying to back Mania on the year. He's 0-2 with a 7 so Mania, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Mania, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, like, it's just, that is that is concerning to me. And we've talked about it already, Dan, at the start of this, okay? I am worried about favorites today. Like, if I see right. a dog and I'm like, maybe, I'm definitely playing it, okay? Minus 176, though, for Mania, who's not been pitching the way that we've expected, it's Rangers or pass for me at plus 152. On the other side of the coin, it might be a similar situation here. Look, Lance McCullers versus Robbie Ray. You tell me. I think you can make a case, though, maybe for Robbie Ray there. The, the, the Diamondbacks, though, have sent good pitching to the mound. The job's just not been done enough times. Plus 132 on the money line, though, for the D-backs to maybe get a win here. I think, and I learned this, uh, you know, I saw the can do this incredibly the other day uh, on in-game live with me, and I know he's about to step up for this year, is you take these two dogs. You take both the Rangers and the D-backs. If you hit one, positive. If you hit both, steak dinner. Right? Yeah, I I like that, and that's the beauty of plus money. Right, Kev? I mean, you could play two plus money, the ones that you kind of like. You get one of them, you know, you wind up in the black, shall we say. So let me ask you that. Let me tempt fate. You're talking about you think some of the dogs could come in today. I know there is not necessarily lines up just yet, but you'll have an opportunity for dogs with the Philadelphia Phillies today, not once, but likely twice when they play the New York Yankees. And, you know, the Phillies, I think they've gotten such a raw deal, right? They had to play the Marlins on that Sunday game and expose themselves to COVID, which sucks. Then they had the kind of delay, right? Their their welcome back present was Garrett Cole. Then they wind up with a rain then they wind up with a proactive rain out, have to play a doubleheader today. Let me ask you, though, it looks like they are sending out Zach Wheeler in the first game and Aaron Nola in the second game, right? So if you want to ride with some starting pitchers, they're at least rested. Those are the two best that the Phillies can run out. I understand you don't want to get ahead of this Yankees gravy train right now. Hmm. But if you want plus money, you know, the Phillies may be a place to go. Although I guess you could get plus money on any individual game for Aaron Judge to go yaya these days, and that may be a good bet too. That is true. I'm upset, though, that we don't have these lines right now. Not yet, right. It it feels like we will have the shortest Yankee lines in a while with these games being played at Citizens Bank. And Wheeler and uh, Nola. Right, like it, it should be to where you might weirdly be like, oh, wow, I only it's only minus 150 for a Yankees game. Like that's been a while since I've seen right. a number that low. I'll say this, though, even as a Yankees fan, it would be shocking if they were able to take both these games today. I mean, that would be ridiculous if they 
were able to do that. They've won seven in a row. They now got to play a doubleheader, and they might be at a pitching disadvantage in both games. If they if they leave this game with winners of nine in a row, that would be pretty surprising to me. I think it's I think it's supposed to be Zach Wheeler, Jordan Montgomery in that first game. In the first one, yes. Zach Wheeler. I think backing Zach Wheeler makes sense. If you lose, you got to probably try come back around on the fills, and it, and it might hurt you. And I'm saying this as someone that I wouldn't be surprised. If I end up texting you and be like, yeah, by the way, I bet the Yankees couldn't help myself. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> well, I mean, me. Aaron Nola in the second game, though, Kev, right? So, to me, that almost plays out. I'd be interested in the Phillies in game two, okay? Because it is their ace. We don't know who the starter is for the Yankees in this one. And, and to your point, right? You, you know, Yankees' uh-huh. offense keeps rolling. They get another victory potentially in game one. Is that the time to hop off and zag when everyone else is zigging? Maybe, but the thing is, I think if there's a world where maybe we start to come to terms with maybe Zach Wheeler is this team's ace. Um, maybe. You know, maybe. but the, we've also only, we saw one game from Aaron Nola. We've seen one game from Zach Wheeler. I don't know right. what this Phillies team is, right? And the fact that they're playing a doubleheader right now is wild. They better get used to it, though. There's a bunch of them coming. I mean, listen, they'll be playing half as many games today as they played in the rest of the That's season so far point. combined. So we will see about that. When we come back here on the early line, I am excited to talk to our next guest. It is Wednesday, so we've got the Raging Redhead to talk about golf. Yo, if you were with us last time in this spot, he gave you Justin Thomas. Last I checked, Justin Thomas took down the tournament. Will we have it again for the first major of the year? Keep it locked here to the early line. This is Sports Grid. We give you the edge, and Cam's coming on in to do so when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Right back here on the grid. We thank Chris for his update here. And now I got to tell you something, guys. I am overjoyed right now to bring in our next guest. It is Cam Stewart. He's in his normal spot here on Wednesday where we have a golf event to preview. And Cam, we're going to get into the golf. Justin Thomas, your haircut, the six pack and all of that. But I've got to ask you something first. You know, I like to watch this network sometimes, even even when I'm not on camera. And I was watching, I think it was Coast to Coast yesterday or the day before. And you're giving the news updates, Cam. And I got to tell you something, brother man. The picture that they have for you when you are doing when you are doing the <laughs> updates with you smiling like that, it, it is the best part of my day, Cam. I got to tell you, I, I I am overjoyed to see you as happy and jolly as you are while giving the updates. Good morning, Cam. How you doing? Excited for some golf this week? Yeah, that's my that's my smile at Sunday at six forty five when the golfers are coming in. I told Walsh's I I don't know what the heck's going on because it's a really hard sport to nail. There's 145 guys in a field, you know. It's just it, it's crazy, right? But and I've had so many seconds and third, but this year I don't know what's going on. Like I don't want to say like COVID nineteen has helped my golf picks, but I don't know what the heck's going on. But it's been crazy, and um, some of the live lines you get too, guys. It's been fantastic. Like Thomas is four shots back against guys that have you know notoriously not closed the door. Even though Brendan Todd's won a couple tournaments, 
He's gagged on Sunday. You know, Ben on, great guy. Like, I, I'd taken him before. He can't close the door. A lot of these guys can't put four rounds together, and they can't play on Sunday. Their swing changes. They get nervous. Thomas, as I said before, don't let the pink pants fool you. Like, this guy's an animal. Like, he's a certified, like, I, look, yeah. I don't even look at him as a boxer because he, he has a real, like, attitude. Like, I want to beat you down. He's very similar to Tiger Woods, actually, his idol. Mm. That's like, he wants to beat you. So, you know, that's a great transition there to Tiger. I wanted to ask you something about him specifically in this major, but it may not be the question you think, okay? You definitely nailed okay. Justin Thomas. He goes to number one in the world. This, this major that is happening is happening at TPC Hardin Park in the Bay Area, okay? I saw a live report from there. I think it was like Tom Rinaldi on another network or something, and they were joking that it's going to be cold. It's going to be yeah. cold in the mornings in San Francisco. And I know about Tiger, even like a guy like Brooks Kepko with the back and stuff like that. These older guys. Am I right to legitimately worry about Tiger or Brooks if they have to go out early on these first two days when it's a little chilly out there, you know, and the fog and all because they it may struggle for them to loosen up. Is that valid? Oh, it's very valid. And the thing about it is I'd worry more about Tiger Woods than Kepka. I think Kepka's over the knee injury, but Tiger Woods, he's exactly my my age. The guy, you know, he's mid 40s. So, so he's what 21. Do? He's 21, Jim. He's a you know, what he's a superior athlete, but he wakes up with aches and pains and problems. He's had surgeries. I'm going to tell you something. If it gets cold, wet and windy, he's done. It'll beat mm. him down. Like, that's the thing. He needs sun. He plays well when it's hot. He wants to be in, like, Florida playing golf, nice and hot, lo loosen up, get limber. Uh, Brooks Kepka's different. I still think he'll be able to p power through it. You also have to look at if that's the type of conditions it's going to be. I would look at Europeans and win players, mm. guys who play well in Texas, guys who play well in at the British Open. Um, you know, some of the Brits, like, hate to say it, like, I don't have them this week because I can't pick everybody. Like a Tommy Fleetwood, for example. I do have another mm. Brit in my six-pack. Those guys that are low ball hitters, they can put the ball through the wind. They that Mark Leishman's another guy who plays that way. Those are guys you have to look at, Dane, because if it's windy and cold, a lot of these guys who are used to playing in the United States are going to go, oh, God, help me. Like Link's ball golf. 20, 20, 20 <laughs> yards less, you know? Oh, and the thing is, you need to be mentally tough to win a major to begin with. And if the elements hurt you too, you've already checked out. So let me ask you, Cam, as we head into our first major of the year, and mm -hmm. how is it different between betting on your every Thursday through Sunday tournament and when we head to a major? Is there Do you find the lines to be different? Are there just far more options available because all of the big names are there? Do you notice a big difference in how you approach betting on a major versus your you know, average golf tournament? Yeah, Kev, I noticed that I have a scroll the size of like a dream. <laughs> Instead of, I, I'm like, did I just click on, you know, top continental Europe? Or I'm like, wow, top South Africa, Christian Bezoutenhout. I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, no, my portfolio is out the yin-yang. But we got some Justice Thomas monies to have more fun. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I bet more on the majors. I just find it a lot uh, better. As to your point, Brooks Kepka at 11 to 1 on FanDuel is a wicked price. You know, I've looked mm. at some other books. I've seen eights, nines. I was telling Joe Ranieri, I saw six on a couple. Like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. 11 is a good price for Brooks Kepka. Remember, he's going for the three-peat, fellas. He's going to be motivated this week. He owns this tournament. So, Justin Thomas, another guy. I've seen him on, under 10. They got 11. And, and we have 95 of the top 100 golfers. And I'll tell you something, Kevin Dane. I'm going to be betting a lot more. They don't just have first-round leader. They have, like, top 20 positions after round one. Mm. So, 
basically we've gone from the golden corral to like the best <laughs> buffet in the world where we're adding like 30 more unique dishes and 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 the cook is a five-star Michelin the chef. cheesecake factory you know what I mean? I'm not, the I'm not getting factory. old wings and ribs like we're getting quality cuts yeah and I'm in so yeah let's just say I bet a little bit too much already and it's only Wednesday like I want to do game <laughs> show tonight after a couple cold ones like click 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 we'll probably add a few more bets that's all right though Cam at the rate you're going those are all going to come in so we of course hope so. we're happy to have you here on the early line and we tip our cap. Cam has been red hot, the raging redhead. Let me ask you this, because you make a great point. Everyone's there today, right? And so you can get Kepka at like 11. I see guys like Ricky Fowler, Matsuyama at 40 to 1. You know, so everyone with a little hey, bit longer if you, if you take Ricky Fowler, I'll fly I'll fly to your place I'm in New York a- City and give you a noogie. Like, no. I'm not saying I'm going to take him. And a pretzel. No. Here's I'm not saying I'm going to take him. But what I saw on Sunday, this is the thing. Like, there was a vote a long time ago on the PGA Tour. Who's the most overrated golfer? Right. They all voted Rick, Ricky Fowler. He won that week. Kind of, kind of like, hey, shut up, guys. Ricky Fowler is a world-class player. I don't want to take shots at the guy, but there's a problem with him right now. He doesn't have the killer instinct on Sunday or the will to win like some of these other guys. He I can't see now. get it done. Like see can't now, huh? done. You can't bet him at that number, too. Like, I can give you... Where so he's he's forty. I'd rather have yeah. Jason Day. I'd rather have sure. Tony Fleetwood. Heck, sure. I'd probably have rather, rather even have Gary Woodland or or, or Victor Hobb. Like any of those guys. Yeah. There's a problem with sure. Fowler, and he needs to be faded. No, I hear you, Cam, and that's not necessarily. I wasn't like gonna lean on Fowler yeah, necessarily. What I'm talking about just, just, is just all just, these guys just, there. Absolutely, all these guys there. Right? You got serious contenders at or guys brand names, shall we say? At kind of big numbers. But I want to ask you again about the course. I always ask you about that, Cam. You know, I asked you about the conditions. It may be colder, chilly, windy, what have you. What about the course itself? Is this one where, you know, really guys like the DJs and the DeChambeaus and the Bombers have the advantage? Or is it the technique, the irons, the approach shot, getting to the greens in regulation, hitting the fairways that are going to rule the day this weekend at this major? Oh, it's interesting, Dane. It's uh, both. That's the thing. Everybody's in contention. It's a par 70, mm. so let's remember, on a par 70, we lose two par fives. That usually hurts uh, the big guys. You try to get there in two, you know, long yep. birdie putt, tap and eagle. The Kepkas of the world and uh, the DeChambeaus of the world. But let's remember one thing. Wind and rain and the way it's blowing, you need to be a long ball hitter. Sure, those conditions pr- present itself. Because if you're hitting it nowhere... Say you're a hundredth uh, in driving distance, and you're and you're plowing it into the wind. You're going to have yeah. to go with a long iron, where other guys are going to go with mid irons. That's a concern. But here's another thing: the the, the rough is lush. It is lush. Like when my grandpa uh. Ron rugs, like right now I'm I'm a military cam right here. <laughs> when I was rocking that COVID nineteen lid, it's about as thick as it's going to be. You could play so for the Yankees with that facial hair. <laughs> yes, yes. You, Dane, I'm telling you, like, if you miss the fairway, buddy, here, good luck. Like, you can yeah, almost, right. in some spots, it's an automatic bogey, maybe a double. So you also need guys who, to hit it straight, and you can't just... See, that's the problem I have with DeChambeau. I think he might be good fade material this week. He likes to cut corners. Mm. He likes to do all that stuff. But if his driver gets loose trying to get that extra right. 20 or 30 yards, he's going to have so many bogeys and doubles. This course is going to beat him down. And uh, and that's the one thing. He does have a temper. And I understand I, in golf, you, I like a little bit of emotion, but you can't rock it for like four or five holes. You eventually got to shake it off or you're going to, you know, screw you around away. And that's the issue that I have with a guy like B. Mm-hmm. D. Chambeau, why he's not making the six pack. 
Now, Ken, the thing for me is you, you mentioned all of these, you know, different areas where you usually don't see odds available that now come available here in the majors. And you know me. That's the type of stuff that gets my attention. Yes, so it I look does. You like, the, you know, these you like the odd, the odd items, Kev. I know. You like to shop in it's a different type of swap. Yeah, yes, yes. It's just what it is. Country like, I'm looking at, yes. Yes, that's where I am right now. Top Australian uh, player. Hey, I'm, re- I'm reading your mind. Give, give me one, and I'll give it to you. Who do you like? What Top European, what a, Irish, Spanish, Canadian, <laughs> Australian, Asian? Where do you want to go? Well, we I'm curious on today on early line. <laughs> like you know, I mean, I see Jason Day at plus one fifty five to be the top Australian player. I mean, that stands out to me. But are there any of these country props that stand out to you? Yeah, I, I actually, you know what? And the funny thing about that is why I wouldn't smash Jason Day. Uh, Adam Scott comes back, guys, and he's right. had a lot of. He's had a break, and so I don't know how, how much he played, how good he is, but I'll tell you one thing. If he's practicing, uh, Jason Day's not a lock, but he is in great form right now. So top European player, you know, for me, I would take a shot with a guy. I'm going to tell you, I like two guys at 12 to 1, and you can bet them, and if one of them wins, you'll make money. Tommy right. Fleetwood or Tyrell Hatton at 12 to 1. Both are 12 to 1. But So it's an essence 6 to 1. Uh, but, yeah, you have to beat John Ross. If you take them both, it's 6 to 1, you know? Who's at six to one? I said if you take them both, in essence, it's six yeah, yeah, to one, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Dana. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, it's uh, I've only had oh, one good. cups of co- one cup of coffee here. I'm still got cobwebs. Rom is plus four fifty. McElroy plus four fifty. Fitzpatrick's dangerous at ten. Hovland ten. But I get Fleetwood and Hatton at twelve. I love that. You're right. A six to one bet. Split it down the middle. Those are type of things I like. Kev, you know, you're you're a guy who likes to be the. Uh, you're you're a fun Irishman. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Corey McElroy at minus two fifty should be able to hey, take Cam, care of business. I want to hold you there. I want to hold mm-hmm. you there, Cam. We got to go to break, but we'll get your six pack okay. and more when we come back. We got to pay some bills. That's all. Come on back with us right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. The early line, the fun and functional sports content and giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. And we continue to have my guy, the raging redhead, Cam Stewart, with us. Cam, I am trying to learn from you, okay? And I'm learning that in golf. <laughs> I don't think anyone's that ever said golf, that before, but thank well, you. Well, well, consider me the first then, Cam. And it's all love because I've learned we're not only betting win bets, right? There's top 10s, there's top 20s, and there is matchup bets. So one of the things I've been trying to do over the course of the last few weeks is it's hard to get a golfer to win, whether it's 15, 20 to 1, whatever it is. But you seem to give me inklings of guys you want to fade and guys that you sort of like. And so what I have been doing, Cam, is finding if any of them are facing off against each other in a tournament matchup play. And I have found one for you, Cam. The juice isn't even that bad. Minus 122 for Brooks Kepka, who you like, who you say you are going to fit into the six-pack, who you think is caring about his legacy. And he's minus 122 straight up versus a golfer you want to fade. Would you lay the 22 cents matchup Brooks Kepka against 
Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say, Dane, go to the bank and have a conversation with, uh, you know, the manager there and gotcha. say, can we, readjust, can we readjust my mortgage? I, I, can I, I raise the limits? Rock. When, I'm, when, I, when I'm really betting on a golfer and they don't want to know that. I, actually, I've used that line before when I've lost money. I'm like, hey, Mr. Stewart, why are you taking out? So I, hey, it's my money. It's my business. Don't ask me questions, bank. But I will say, but I will say this. I love it, Dane. I love it. Okay. Like I absolutely, I can't believe I at, at Cam Sportsbook, I probably would have made that one a buck fifty, buck fifty-five. I think it's value. Sounds there. like value I to think me. It's better. Hey, DeChambeau can murder this course if conditions uh, are are good. He has the he has the distance to do it. But as you talked about, wind, rain, sleet, him trying to get aggressive, cut corners. If he doesn't hit fairways, it doesn't matter if you hit the ball three hundred and seventy yards. You're done. You could be in a gopher hole behind trees. I'm telling you, I love that matchup. Uh, I love it, but Cam, look, we got to get into this six-pack. No yep. better time to crack one than at 8.42 on a sure. Wednesday morning. Let's and drink it. all day if you don't start in the morning. Yeah, I, I had I bought this beer, Budweiser Nitro, yesterday because the can looked good. It was the – like, I don't want to rip, like, any companies because I like the regular beers, but, God, it was mm-hmm. – I don't know what the heck I was doing. Like, I, I almost want to return it. <laughs> I, I've never said no to a beer. Anyway, you guys want the six-pack right now? Let's yeah. 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 Let's yeah. party. We're going to go with Brooks Kepka at 11 to 1. I think, uh, as I said, three peat time. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's, he's the big storyline. He'll be there. This is very, very tough. I was going to go take Xander Shoffley. He gets close, but he never seems to break through the door. Instead, I'm going to take Patrick Cantley. He's one of those guys, not a huge hitter, fairways and greens guy. I think this course right. is going to suit his eye. 27 to 1. Another guy that's won in California before, Webb Simpson. 30 to 1 looks very, very good to me. It's hard to, man, there's so many guys that I like. But here, guys, this is my sneaky play at 50 to one. You're looking for a European, uh, a tie, uh, like a real like bulldog. Ty Hatton at 50 to one fits the mold for me. I think he has the complete game to get it done. He's also not afraid of wind and rain. And now two bombs for you. FanDuel prices are great. Max Homa from the state of California. Good American kid. I love this guy. He has game, hmm. game, game, and more game. If you can get that putter going, 170 to one and another Brit. My big bomb at 180 to one, Matt Wallace. Sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. You know, put five or ten dollars <laughs> on these guys. And yeah. It's party time if they come through. Absolutely. Listen, that has been the case for you with your golf picks. You have been red hot as the raging redhead. We appreciate that. But Cam, you know, you are north of the border, so we would be remiss if we did not ask you a little bit about these NHL playoffs that are going on. And you know, so far, you know. Kevin and I have been, you know, clued in. We talked, uh, we talked with uh, Carver yesterday. You know, we've been trying to understand the hockey. And here's the one trend that I have started to see. And I want to see if you kind of double down or co-sign on this, right? These play-in series, that's one thing. But these, re- these seeding teams, the top four yes. that are playing each other, right? Cam, these don't look like real games to me, okay? Um, Carver yesterday used the term glorified scrimmages because there's very little for them to play for. I understand there's the seeding, but there's almost too much to risk, right? So given that, if you agree, and it sounds like you do, should I just lean under on all these games, Cam? I'm not going to say lean under on all these games, Dane, but I will say this. They're trying some things. Uh, Like a young player might get some more ice time. If they have a backup goalie, they'll throw them in. Like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things like – I knew that one game, and I was telling Kevin, because I know I said the break would hurt the Flyers. Then I realized they're playing Boston. Boston's missing one of their top guys, and Philadelphia wants to keep the train rolling. They're a team that's never been as successful as the Bruins. They took that game more seriously. They beat them 4-1. to one. That's what I've noticed about these reseed games. Like, 
Um, it's been the thing is, I wouldn't generally just take unders. Like Kevin and I were doing in-game live, Dane. The Dallas uh, Dallas Stars were down a couple goals to the Knights. The Knights came back and rolled off four goals by the time we were done the gotcha. show, and they covered yeah. the puck line. We could have caught them live at over ten to one. Like crazy things are happening um, with those games, though. I wouldn't just take the under. I look for motivation. I will say this: Boston's a team that I'm probably going to pick on in, in this type of seating. They've been there, done that, and I think uh, they're they're kind of trying some new things. When I watch it with the eye test, whereas the other teams like Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is taking it seriously because they're they're a team that wants to keep up their mojo. They haven't been a good hockey club in a, in a long time, whereas Boston, they're always like winning a Stanley Cup or in the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's something to look for. Also, another thing to look for in the other series, guys, we had example one. The Rangers were down 2 nothing. I say, right. you know what? When you're down 2 nothing and a guy's got a foot, your, his foot on your throat like wrestling, some guys are going to tap out. They played Shesterkin. They tapped out. What's going to happen with the Islanders today? I'll tell you one mm. thing. I will not be betting the Pussycat Panthers. They had a lead in that game. And the I give the Islanders full marks. They're well coached. And they also play the type of style in a pandemic. When they have a lead, they suffocate you like a snake. You can't come back from them. They're very good defensively. And they have elite goaltending right now. I like the Islanders. It's only like 20 cents on FanDuel to take out the uh, the Panthers at noon, guys. I think it's a I think it's a good play, and I think those teams down two to zero, oh, a lot of them have already got their suitcases packed. Mm. Uh, I, I like uh, I always like to see a noon potential winner on the board. I do want to ask yes, you about really. Penguins Canadians. Uh, it is the series that seems to be most interesting. What you like for this game? But I'd also be remiss if I did not bring up the series uh, angle that we've talked about. This they've now reposted. The series price. So after the Canadians take game one, the Penguins go to even money, right? And the Canadians were about minus 122. Now the Penguins yep. level it up, minus 245 for the well, Penguins to win this series. It's crazy. Remember what we said, Kev, on In Game Live? If you like the Oilers and the Penguins, you bet everything. You bet the game, mm -hmm. you could parlay them, and you got to bet the series. Now look at the situation I'm in. I only put like 50 bucks on it, but I got the I got the Penguins as a favorite instead of an even money uh, play, right? That's insane right. to me. Yep. And I'll tell you one thing. The Montreal Canadiens, I got to give them credit, man. They're, they're grinding. They work hard. But Carey Price, he's not he's not God. He can't keep on making these absolute insane saves. Like the Penguins could have won that game by three or four goals. It's like the Leafs in Columbus. Corpus Allo was standing on his head before the Leafs got the first goal. Then the floodgates opened. They, opened, they won three to nothing. Here's the deal, guys. I'm telling you, you're in a great spot right now. Like I don't come back to the Canadiens. I like Pittsburgh in this series. I think they get it done. I'll also tell you the league would rather have Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and Stars in there too. Sure. I'm not saying there's conspiracies, but you know it's kind of like football. Hey, Tom Brady, like they like popular players, right? Like Pat Mahomes and these guys. It's uh, it's just the way mm -hmm. life works. But I'm telling you, I love it. Like I I I tell you guys, take the Islanders. The Penguins will roll because they understand what they need to do. As for this Oilers Chicago game, be very careful. Every game has gone over and over by a lot. McDavid had a hat trick. The line is now six and a half. I can tell you six everybody and, and their mother are borrowing money to go on the over. Be careful. Really? This is what the one game. Yeah. Like there's no automatically uh, there's going to be seven goals in this game. These teams understand they got to tighten up defensively and we might not see the goal explosion. I'd be very, very careful to blindly bet a six and a half over. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that Oilers-Blackhawks game and the total. Because also, every single time I bet a total in hockey cam, I get an empty net goal at the very end that bangs me at the very end. So I ain't touching it. I want to ask you about one other thing that's not specifically a game, but something Carver mentioned yesterday. As it related to the Bruins goalie, Tukarask, right? He um, was 
quote unquote unfit to play uh, because he like self-reported that he had the sniffles with a little app in their hotel room, right? And these guys have to kind of take a survey every day to say how they feel, if they feel well. So Rask says, you know, he self-reports maybe that he's a little under the weather and then boom, he's out. I got to ask you, Cam, if you're an NHL player, are you ever honestly answering that survey on your little phone ever again? Because as we get into the playoffs, you know, your availability matters. Like I would lie in the same way that if I'm on an NFL sideline and they're asking me what's smelling salt, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm like, nah, 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 I'm fine. Let's go. I don't understand, especially after the idea of Rask being, you know, uh, unavailable because mm-hmm. of the way he responded, or at least that's how they're reporting it. If I'm a player, I'm never being honest on that again. No, and like hockey players, these guys will play uh, with bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. seen the injuries these guys injury. Play right. I know yeah. a guy that play almost played yeah. with a broken foot. I'm like, these guys are the toughest guys ever. They don't care. Right. Just give me that damn Stanley Cup. I'll worry about my injuries later. As for Rast, though, Dane, it's an interesting thing. Uh, Boston has basically two starting goaltenders. Euro Halak, their backup is almost as good as Rask. It's like 1A, 1B. So okay. they're getting him some time because Rask has a history of injuries as well. So I think it's kind of a different scene for Boston. Like, they don't mind that he's out because they they, they want to give Halak some time too. But Boston's a team, got to be careful with these guys. They got a lot of stars out, and I, I just watched their game. I don't think they're taking this uh, seeding round very, very seriously, right? Uh, for now, anyway. We'll see what happens later. But I'd fade them one one more time. If they continue to lose, just fade them for the rest and because they'll probably lock up the four seed. Curious for, for you, Cam, there, there's been a lot of talk that the unders have been playing a lot in these opening series, and I'm curious mm-hmm. for you if you think that if you had to attribute it more to rust or more playoff hockey, playoff intensity, and the defenses are showing out a bit more. I would contribute. The thing is, I would say it's because of goaltending. Uh, mm. I can't believe the saves these guys are making. Like, Jonas Corposalo, I was tweeting last night, is the next coming of Patrick Waugh and Marty Brodeur, as I t- tweeted <laughs> at the Leafs scored. I'm like, he still is, but I'm not going to send that tweet. Um, <laughs> Stalock, stay, stay Minnesota in the first game was fantastic. What about UC Saros? This is the thing. Like, it's hard, guys. Like, when you have a goaltender like Pecorine that basically built the Nashville franchise, how do you go to the backup? But he's a better goaltender. That's the thing. They've been fantastic. I can't believe how ready these goalies have been. And look at Edmonton. Even though he let in goals, they made the switch. Mike Smith let in a cheesy goal early, kind of hurt the momentum of the Oilers. They put in Koskinen, they get the win. All these guys are backup goaltenders. Like, Soros got the win for Nashville. I'm telling you, man, I can't believe the level of play from these goaltenders right now. We thought at the start, the narrative was, oh, there's going to be lots of goals. These goalies are going to be right. horrible. Players, it's the opposite, as it always is. It's the opposite. And Kev, be careful with the under in the Islanders game. If Florida's mm. down in that game, they might pull their goaltender at like the five-minute mark, and they might score two or three empty netters. It's the, it's the last game, right? Islanders are up two to nothing in the series. I would actually lean over in these broke. games because if they're, see, it's three to one. They pull the goalie with five minutes, four to one, five to one. Thank you. We hit the over. <laughs> a couple cheesy empty net goals. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like nice. in basketball when a team just starts fouling, then the other team is on the yes. free throw stripe yes. with no time left, not moving, and then boom, it goes over. Well, thank you, as always, Cam, for spending a couple of segments with us. I will be locking in that Brooks Kepka over Bryson DeChambeau now before the money changes. And we'll have you back next week, as always, to talk golf and see where we are in this playoff format as well. Thanks a lot, Cam. You guys, let's hit some winners, guys. Build that portfolio. Have a good one. Appreciate Absolutely. it, Cam. See you tonight. 
Absolutely. There you have it, Kevin. I think that is interesting. The goalies out in front, you know, unders coming in. And of course, the six pack for Cam and for the major that is going. Brooks Kepka, maybe with a legacy, could be three in a row if he gets it done this week. When we come back, we got the opportunity to find out what's going on on the morning after. And we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of the early line. Kevin Walsh and Dave Martinez coming back for just a couple of minutes. When we come back after the break, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. Keep it locked all day long, where we give you the edge. And now with hockey games and basketball games, starting as early as noon, you got to get it locked. You got to get your bets in. And the morning after is definitely a place to do that. And so we welcome in our homegirl, Ariel Epstein. And Ariel, I got to ask you something, okay? When I watch the morning after, you are hot right now. On your Major League Baseball picks, I think maybe you got bounced last night, but it's been a great week for you. So I want to ask you this. Maybe you just start riding the Marlins, Ariel, because they are now 3-1. and one. Can you imagine what your bankroll would be like if you just bet the Marlins that plus money every single time? Technically, they are 3-1. and one. Technically, they're in the driver's seat of the NL East in a division that is so messed up in terms of consistency and games played. Are you going to go to the Marlins well to stay hot today, Ariel? They are playing the Baltimore Orioles. I think that's such a toss between two teams. My dad's also an Orioles fan, don't forget. So if I do root against them, I might get kicked out of my house, which at this point's okay. We still have no power after the hurricane or tropical storm hit yesterday. If he kicks me out, it's fine. It's for the best. <laughs> no fear from Ariel. Uh, Ariel, talk to me. What do you guys got coming up on uh, the morning after today? You know, Kev, that's a great question. I had no power yesterday, so a lot of this show is riding on Jared Smith. Oh, save us all. <laughs> Kevin, you're coming on the show. It's Walsh Wednesday. I that's mean, exciting. second division Swedish Please. soccer. We will hear about second division Swedish soccer. Let's go. So we have who knows what soccer we actually have. We have really cool guests, though. We have uh, Bill Krockenberger, who's coming in from Vegas. He's going to talk to us all about the futures market. Crack's awesome. You could have seen him on the action documentary on Showtime. And, of course, like I said, Kevin Walsh is joining the show, which is the star of every Wednesday. (laughs) Absolutely. Walsh Wednesdays coming up on the morning after and everything you need to know to keep the edge right here on SportsGrid. Have a great day, everybody. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.